Welcome to another Poets' Corner, and I'm going to start today by celebrating a great person, Florence Nightingale. I think most of you know I'm a nurse by training and passion, and I'm going to um, read you a poem that I've written, which is in my book, Doing the Rounds, um, and it's called I Speak for Nurses Worldwide. Um, as you probably know, International Nursing Day is this week on May the 12th, which of course is Florence Nightingale's birthday. And most of us, you know, recognize her as an absolute icon, the way she changed the face of nursing in a time when nursing was not really respected in the way it should be. And uh, we know how brilliant she was and how still today her words continue to illuminate many um, descriptions of how nurses should behave and how nursing um, moves forward. In fact, it was her that said, if you're not looking forward, you're not caring. I, I can't remember the exact quote, but certainly when I used to teach, I always used to quote Florence Nightingale. She really was an absolute icon. So this poem um, was written, actually, a long while ago. It was written um, to celebrate um, the great Edith Cavill in her centenary year. And I wrote it thinking of her at the time. And then when I came to put the poem into my book, I thought more about it. I thought more about nurse heroines, because originally in my original version, um, I didn't actually say her name or anything like that, but I just talked about nurse heroine. And, and then I thought about it and I thought, actually, I know some amazing nurses who go well beyond the mile and, you know, do the most amazing things for other people as a nurse. And I thought, there are lots of nurse heroines. Hence, you will hear from my first last line the reason for sort of altering the poem a little bit. So when it went into my book, it referred to not only, of course, our great nurse heroines, but also to the many nurse heroines that there are. And when my book was published, COVID actually hadn't happened. And since then, that's been something, whatever, and a you know, sort of a regular comment about nurses. There are so many of these heroines. So uh, I'd like to read that poem to start with, and I'll follow it with a poem that I wrote. I was a, many years, I was a district nurse, and um, actually, this poem, um, you know, was published in an anthology that's come out quite recently called Stormbrain, and um, it's been referred to um, in the hub and an interview took place very well written and spoken with um, the organizer Michael Hulse as well as um, uh, the interviewer um, Baron interviewing him about his work with the Hippocrates Press. So this book has one of my poems in it and it is about district nursing and actually I, I meant to put in the book when I did it, that I wanted to dedicate it, so there's a little ma um, little bracket underneath the title, to, to Judy, and Judy is actually a great friend of mine, and when I was a district nurse, she, she when I used to say there was somebody with a great plight, she would come in and, and help, she was absolutely wonderful, and in the last lines of those poems, you will hear that um, this poor woman who, um, who was a patient, really need extra support in terms of having a hair set and Judy 
you know, un, under really tricky circumstances, came in and, and helped with this lady and went on regularly to help her. So thank you to Judy for that. Um, and then finally, I have another poem that I, I wrote, um, which um, is about my more recent work in genetics. And I'll read that. That again is in, in my, um, my book. So there are three poems about nursing, my passion, my life. And I'm going to start with a speak for nurses worldwide. And this is how it goes. I speak for nurses worldwide who in summer suns under burning skies hold hands of the dying despite the sores, who in fog gray mists of locked up wards talk gently to the confused, the paranoid, who unclip, clip, check and check again the mystical noises of the hospital gadgets, who speak in soft sounding ocean voices, soothing the secrets of unconscious minds, who in the rush of busy early mornings visit newborns and the homebound sick, who guard the cot sides of fevered child, catching dragonflies by the garden pond, who tuck in safely an old lady, she thinks she's picking buttercups on her sheet. I speak for nurses worldwide who honour nurse heroines of their day, of any day. Thank you. And I'm very proud to say this poem has been part of rather a lot of nursing events in the last year or two. It's been part of a wonderful organisation called um, an anthology for the NHS um, uh, um, where Michael Rosen wrote the, the famous poem. I'm just trying to think of what it was called, but he wrote a poem. The, the book is called These Are the Hands and it's a lovely, lovely book and um, they used that that particular poem went into it as well with the permission from my publishers, Indigo Press, Indigo Publishing. Um, so that was very nice. And also it went into a programme on the Florence Nightingale Garden at Chelsea uh, at the back of the programme. So it has travelled places and I feel very honoured about that. So the next poem I think I told you is about district nursing. And the poem is called The Visit and I'd like to dedicate it to Judy. Fingers like claws of ice, a tiny sparrow of a lady waiting in a wheelchair for the evening nurse. Her musty husband in a jacket dribbling marmalade. Her moustache, his moustache jagged, a mouth thin as a horizon line. The room brown like his voice that booms across the unswept wooden floor in the long lounge. She listens, her head on one side tipping sideways, her voice a sound of nothingness, her mouth soft, the bottom lip curling round a corner, wet tears spill through deep-set hazel-green eyes. Upstairs the nurse talks to her, washes her face, holds her hands, sees the way she trembles at the mention of his name. Her life untold, a faded photo on the dressing table of a girl like Audrey Hepburn in a pale lemon dress, a chipped cup, Bits of honey-coloured pear soap sit on a washstand and on a table a patient handbook about strokes with contact details. The nurse promises to arrange for someone to come in and paint her nails, find a home hairdresser to set and wash her hair. 
to be the voice to help this tiny sparrow fly out the window. I can still see her, she stays in my mind, that sweet, vulnerable lady who had nobody really in the world other than those of us who went in to support and care for her. So the next poem, um, as I said to you, is linked up with my work that I did in cancer genetics and it's called Threads. I worked with families who came to see us in the clinic because they were worried about their cancer risk. I ran my own clinic at the Royal Marsden and for many, many years met with the most wonderful people and was party to being involved with many programs in research and clinical management to help families, such as the one you're going to hear. She was 28 when diagnosed, black hair stolen by chemo. She wore a blonde wig with a wispy fringe. She told me she'd traced her family history searching names on gravestones. I listened to stories of forgotten people, how Nana and her sister were diagnosed in their 40s, how Mammy died when she was nine, and how her brother was diagnosed last year at 34. Memories of offered masses and sacred litanies her hands in mine, arms lighter than a doll's, her face translucent as almond soap. I spoke of what she knew, names of high-risk genes, fate as dice, and that her siblings and her children's chances were, as at birth, fifty-fifty, like a girl or boy. She gave a blood sample for all the family knowing if an alteration in a gene were found, her family could choose to have genetic testing, knowing that choices are never easy, never sure. For now she prays to be well for her daughter, sitting beside her, eating crackers in a pushchair. So thank you for listening. So those sort of families that went on to have genetic testing, in that particular case, a young lady who'd already had cancer was finding out if she had the gene. The likelihood was high with her family history. And then if she did have a gene, then her family's brothers and sisters could come forward to check whether they had it. Of course, if they hadn't got it, then they couldn't pass it down to their children. Very emotional decision, not easy to make. And, you know, we used to spend a lot of time with families in this situation. And then to manage that particular patient's health care, because if she finds she's a gene carrier, she then has other risks and needs very careful monitoring and managing. So, as you can tell, for me, I have had the most wonderful, wonderful career. Uh, I'm lucky enough to still be a little bit involved with some research, but mainly in the artistic sense and within the trust. But um, I think, you know, we celebrate nurses today and I'm honoured to be one of them. Thank you very much.